You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome to the Make Meaning Podcast. I'm Lynn Galadner, and I've dedicated my life to sharing stories of how people make meaning in their work and find purpose in their lives. On this podcast, we're going to talk about some of the great ideas and activities people do every day to make the world a better place and provide inspiration for others. So much of the meaning we find comes from interacting with great people, developing relationships that are mutually beneficial, and doing work that inspires everyone. I hope you'll be inspired by the people you meet here. We all need to find a way to make meaning in the mundane. Welcome back to the Make Meaning Podcast. On today's show, I'll be speaking with Andrew Stein, Executive Director of City Year Detroit. City Year is an education-focused nonprofit that places 91 AmeriCorps members in 10 Detroit schools for a year of full-time service. AmeriCorps members serve all day, every day, providing whole school support, as well as interventions for students who are off track on attendance, behavior, or performance in math or English. Born and raised in the Detroit area, Andrew graduated from Detroit Country Day School and Michigan State University. In 2004, he spent a year serving as a City Year Corps member in Washington, D.C., where he worked in the schools and neighborhoods of Southeast D.C. Later, Andrew attended law school at Georgetown University and worked at the law firm Wilmer Hale before returning to City Year. Welcome to the Make Meaning Podcast, Andrew. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to have you here. I feel like I've been stalking you a bit since I met you, but I'm so inspired with what City Year Detroit is doing that I'm really excited to have you on the show. Well, thank you. And I have to say, I'm like a huge podcast junkie, and <laughs> uh, but I've never actually been on a podcast. So oh my this gosh! Is very exciting for me. Yay! I'm so glad we can be your first. This is awesome. This is very cool. <laughs> yeah. I think you're a perfect guest for our show because we talk about how people make meaning in their work and find purpose in their lives. And I'm so curious about um, your transition from law school and a legal career to um, this amazing dedication to the city of Detroit and nonprofit work. So um, I think it's going to be really fun. And I'd like to start by talking about City Year. Um, I'd like to hear a little bit of just practical things about what's happening with City Year in Detroit and what your hope is for its impact here. Yeah, well, we, uh, we're one of 29 City Year sites across the country. So okay. we operate as one 501c3 organization Mm -hmm. uh, working in 29 cities. And it's just about every major American city from LA to New York, Miami, Mm -hmm. Detroit, Chicago. And what we do is the same everywhere. We recruit young people between the ages of 18 to 25, Mm -hmm. and we ask them to spend what's called a city year. Mm -hmm. So not a junior year, not a senior year, but a city year where they're they're working full-time in public schools. And so here in Detroit, um, we've got 91 core members mm-hmm. uh, that work full time in 10 Detroit public school community district schools. Okay. DPS, DPSCD. Okay. Um, and we grew this year. Last mm-hmm. year we had we had 70 core members in seven schools. This year we were able to expand by three schools. Wow! Congratulations. And, yeah, and really the reason for that, I mean, we did a lot internally, and uh, you know, my staff was has been preparing for growth the last few years and our board. But for us, the big game changer has been the fact that uh, Detroit Public Schools Community District has a new-ish now superintendent in okay. Dr. Nikolai Vitti. Okay. And it's, the, and it's the first time that the public school system in the city, um, 18 of the last 20 years, we've been without a full-time superintendent. Oh, my so goodness. That's crazy. The district has been under 
um, you know, at times well-intentioned leadership that mm-hmm. was appointed by governors, sure. but uh, turnover just about every every year or two. Oh. And so you can imagine just, you know, what happens to a system when there's a change in leadership on yeah. average every 18 months for, yeah. you know, nearly 20 years. But, wow. You know, wow. To have a new superintendent come in who has experience working with City Year in Jacksonville, where he was superintendent before, and okay. in Miami before that. Okay. We just have a great partner. That's so. great. That's fabulous. Yeah. So what what kind of work is happening with City Year um, here in Detroit, and what's your vision for the long-term impact? So if I took you to, to one of our 10 schools, what you would see, um, starting around 7 a.m., there's, there's 10 of our core members, usually between 8 to 12, so mm-hmm. around 10 per team okay. that's at the school before students arrive. Okay. And they're literally, the, they're literally there all day, every day. So okay. they're in the schools all the way through the after-school program, mm-hmm. um, working in classrooms to support students, but then looking at data to find those students that are struggling with their attendance, their behavior, mm-hmm. their math, and their literacy. And then our core members step in and provide one-on-one or small group interventions okay. to help catch those students up. Okay. So when I think of, you know, where we are in five years, 10 years, for us, it's all about what we call feeder patterns Mm -hmm. and working um, within the elementary and middle and high schools Mm -hmm. so that we can stay with the same students year over year. Oh, nice. Um, For us, if you take City Year and and just put us in a high school, um, we might, I mean, we're likely to show you data after a year of students moving up three or four grade levels in reading or math. Wow. But when you dig down into that data, it's a lot of times ninth graders who are moving from, you know, second and third grade reading levels to sixth and seventh grade reading oh, levels. So goodness. what we've done is um, we've gone back a little earlier, starting in third grade now, we're working with students and we're okay. deploying our teams of core members into elementary, middle, and then high school so that okay. we can find those students Instead of waiting until ninth grade when they're four or five grade levels behind, finding them in third grade mm-hmm. um, when we you know, can step in and, and help catch them up and keep them on track. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about the core members. Like, Are these kids who take a gap year after high school to do some service or are they kids who come after graduating college? And you know, do they have to have any kind of requirements or um, skills that they bring to the table? How, how, do, they, how do they come? Yeah, so of our 91 in Detroit, um, it's really probably the most diverse workforce you're going to find in the city. Mm-hmm. So um, the average age is 22. So okay. most of our core members are have graduated college okay. and are doing this the, the year after they graduated. Okay. That said, we have some core members who are taking like a gap year between high school and undergrad, okay. and then others who are who are somewhere in between. Okay, um, it's. You know, 60% young people of color, over 50% who are Pell Grant eligible. So, Mm, you know, these are first-generation college students usually. Wow. Um, It's really, you know, big picture. The idea of City Year is what if every young person in our country did a year of service? Right. It didn't matter what background you were from. You came together in pursuit of a common cause. Right. Um, Right. So this is really for anyone who... Uh, want to challenge and mm-hmm. can persist through through a challenging experience because sure. working with kids, whether you're in Detroit or <laughs> in the suburbs, can be exhausting. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, and then, you know, do you want to do something bigger than yourself? That's really what we're looking for in our core members and people who are going to say, you know what, like, I want to I want to make meaning <laughs> yeah. in the world for yeah. a year. And so I'm going to choose to 
to do city year. Well, that's what we're all about. You know, we want to look at how people do make meaning and and find that sense of purpose. And certainly, I mean, what what a fabulous concept to think of every young person in our country dedicating a year of service. It just not only changes the landscape around us, but it changes them internally. And, you know, I'm sort of wondering if that was what happened with your journey. If you, you know, you were on that traditional um you know, high achieving track where you went to college, you went to law school. What inspired you to make that huge pivot? What was your journey? Yeah, I mean, that's exactly my story. I I grew up in the suburbs of Detroit. Mm-hmm. Um, I I certainly claimed Detroit as home. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, I, I think had uh, an idea of the city that was... Um, shaped by by those around me and like the narrative I was told about the city um, I just always sort of accepted without really probably spending much time in the city beyond you know going to a sporting event or the theater or something like that sure I I, I was finishing at Michigan State in 2004 like so many people Mm -hmm. um, you know looking for opportunities outside of Michigan Uh and I just nothing really resonated me the idea of going to law school right away or Mm -hmm you know, moving to a Chicago or a New York. Mm-hmm. And then I, I saw this advertisement for City Year, mm-hmm. and it had um, it had JFK, it had Dr. King. It, it, it really didn't tell me anything I'd be doing, mm-hmm. but it, was just, it just resonated. And so <laughs> um, I went on the website, I talked to one of the staff members, I said, you know, I think I'm going to do this. And so mm-hmm. uh, moved to D.C., and that was just a just a transformational year for me. Um, it like taught me things about doing work in a community, mm-hmm. um, life in a city. And I think the unique part about DC is you see so many people who, you know, have these amazing, like amazing educational backgrounds, yeah. Harvard and Yale, and yeah. they're running nonprofits and right. they're working in government and services, you know, a career that people are making. And I didn't have a lot of there weren't a lot of role models like that growing up in in Franklin, Michigan, going to country <laughs> state. Yeah, um, but, but but seeing that in DC, I said, "Wow, this is really cool. You can like, you can make a career out of doing work that you also get a ton of meaning out of." Yeah, yeah. So you you did that for a year in Southeast, and then um, and then you went to Georgetown after that for law school. Yep. And so you, it sounds like you started practicing law. Um, how long did you do that? Uh, I was at the law firm for a little over a year. Okay. Um, I was, uh, you know, on track to far exceed my billable hours requirement. Mm -hmm. I was spending, (laughs) you know, 14 plus hours a day in the office at a time where we we had just had um, our daughter. So my my wife and I actually met in City Year as core members together. Oh, I love Um, that. (laughs) Yeah, I, I'd get great feedback. Oh, Andrew, you're doing great work. Thank uh-huh. you, thank you. But I was going home at night and just saying, I, I'm having a hard time. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, at the end of the day, I was I was putting in the time and working hard because I think that's just my nature. But you know, when I was representing, you know, one large financial institution being sued by another, mm-hmm. I was just finding a hard time deriving meaning from that. And yeah. Finding that I was spending a lot more time on the on the pro bono matter that I was assigned to, huh. or at least getting a lot more fulfillment out of that. Okay. And so, um, you know, it was really my wife who's 
kind of like my Jiminy Cricket was like, <laughs> yeah, like, you don't, you don't want to do this. Don't do it. Go do yeah. something else. I love it. Uh, I love yeah. it. It's great that you have that support. That's so important. You know, um, so I was reading, you know, your pre-interview about um, your approach to leading this organization and something you said really resonated with me and you were talking about how you treat running this nonprofit as you would running a business because, um, frankly, I think that's the only way. You know, I, I heard someone say once that 501c3 is a tax designation, not a business plan. And so... um just because that's the tax status doesn't mean you run the business any differently. You just have more to invest back into the organization. So how do you um, build this organization in Detroit so that it can increase its impact and continue its important work? How do you take that business approach to City Year? Yeah. Uh, I mean, one, I've got an amazing network of colleagues Mm -hmm. in 29 cities across the country. And so I can look to, you know, uh, folks in Los Angeles and even cities like Milwaukee, like Mm -hmm. just to benchmark us against another Midwest site. City of Milwaukee is about twice the size of city or Detroit. Really? Interesting. Yeah, which which I say in the community to get people fired up. They're like, (laughs) Milwaukee's bigger than this? No way. Nothing uh, like good old-fashioned competition there, right? <laughs> oh, oh it, it's a great rallying cry. Yeah. Um, uh, and so, you know, I, I really love the structure of City Year. Um, and I think that, like, we make a lot of really uh, informed decisions rooted in data. Okay. <laughs> so okay. Um, uh, for us, like, even how we select our schools mm-hmm. um, is based on, you know, where are the most students who are at risk of dropping out. Okay. And let's deploy to those schools okay. so that we can be really efficient with our resource, which are the core members. We can't okay. be in every school. How do we get the most value out of the schools that we're in? Uh-huh. And then, um, you know, just what we're doing in schools, is it having an impact? What are we hearing from teachers? What are we hearing from the core members themselves? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I started uh, three years ago, and we survey the core, and mm-hmm. one of the... Um, the survey told us two things. One, uh, that core members, while they felt really good about building relationships with their students, they Mm -hmm. didn't feel as confident on um, running a 30-minute intervention around math or English. Hmm. So what we did is we went out and we hired two former teachers who are at the schools every day observing the core members in real time and then giving them feedback on their intervention. So we call them impact coaches. And I always liken it to like a basketball coach who watches game film and like dissects it. And and that's what they're doing. And sure enough, you know, a year later, the survey results came back and we were, you know, the highest across all 29 city or sites in terms of core member preparation. That's so great. That's Um, so great. So do you have like a sense of community amongst the 29 city um, organizations? Do you guys come together? Do you have you know, sort of collaboration or training so that you guys are connected in that way? Yeah, I mean, I, there's um, there's a lot of efficiencies when mm-hmm. you're doing this across the country and the work sure. is, is, for the most part, standardized. So we have, um, we have training support from our headquarters. Things like IT mm-hmm. and payroll are mm-hmm. all a centralized function, sure. um, which is really nice. And when I meet with some of my co-EDs and nonprofit CEOs, uh, I, I just feel for them when on any given day they walk in only to find that, 
you know, they've had an IT crisis. So (laughs) for me to be able to just call someone at our headquarters who I know is is looking out for this really allows me to focus on impact and Mm -hmm. raising the resources here. I love it. I love to do. Yeah. So, um, so I hear that you lead by example, that you spend a lot of time in the schools. Um, do you do that just to have your finger on the pulse of what's going on? Or, um, you know, what, how do you sort of spread yourself amongst all those schools? Yeah. I'm probably at a school at least once a week. Um, I always try to, I always try to bring breakfast or lunch, like never show up empty handed when I'm coming (laughs) into the, into the core member space. Sure. Um, I, yeah, I mean, it gives me an, I, like a sense of, you know, how the school is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things, especially when we get started with a new school partner, mm-hmm. even before you can get to the academics, you're really working on school culture and climate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've walked into, we have schools that we're in where a year or two ago I walked in and you could just feel the tension in the building. Mm. Um, you could hear, you know, teachers on edge. You didn't see a lot of, you know, artwork and stuff like that up on the walls. Mm-hmm. And now I walk in and, you know, you can feel just the environment is, is more positive. And nice. um, then you look at the data and sure enough, you start to see the gains in math and literacy. So, so it, it, it kind of gives me a sense of how the schools are doing. I always try to talk to principals and teachers. Okay. Um, I love asking students uh-huh. what they think of their city year. Yeah. You know, I ask him, I say, who's your city year? I say, give me three words to describe them. It's uh-huh. usually, it's usually like nice, helpful, and strict. <laughs> and I say strict in a good way or bad way. They say, oh, in a good way. <laughs> um, That's great. That's awesome. And then, you know, for me, like what keeps me motivated are, are the core members themselves. Like yeah. they're kind of like our renewable resource of energy. And yeah. you know, I'm just amazed that every year we get uh, a, just a group of young people who are committed to this work. And so I, I kind of draw a lot of energy and inspiration from them and yeah. then try to find ways to, to repay that back to them. That's great. It sounds like just a really wonderful, wonderful endeavor. Um, you know, as we're um, sort of coming to a close with this episode, I wanted to ask you, you know, you, you talked a little bit earlier about how um, you can make a major career decision to switch what you're doing um, so that you have a path that really is more purpose-driven. Um, and those are the big macro changes. But in the day-to-day, what advice would you have for our listeners about how they make meaning, you know, every single day when they're showing up and they're they're doing the, the tedious tasks and sort of in the trenches? Uh, what advice might you have for how to find that that meaning in the in the little details? Yeah, uh, there's we're faced every day with literally countless choices to make. Right. From right. What we eat, what we wear, how we what we do for work, mm-hmm. who our friends are. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I have to think that the choices that ultimately matter the most are the ones we make around how we're going to treat each other Hmm. um, and what we're going to do to uplift each other and support each other, especially um, those amongst us that are most vulnerable and who's more vulnerable than our children. Right. Um, But I also think, and I I share this with our core members, there's a lot of messaging, I think, to um, kids as they're growing up of what do you want to be? Mm-hmm. What do you want to be? And I think I felt that a lot. And it's probably one of the reasons that I went to law school and practice law, because a lawyer is something that you can be. Sure. 
Yeah. And um, I try to get our core members to not think about what you want to be, but what is it you want to do? Ah. And tapping into like, what is it that you're doing every day that really makes you feel motivated and at your best? Okay. And then try okay. to go do more of that. Okay. Whether and, and, and that very well may lead you into, you know, a, a private practice law firm. And that's okay. <laughs> as long as you're kind of taking that personal audit of yourself and saying, when do I, what's the situation where I just felt totally alive and full of energy and what was I doing and how do I go and do that more often? Yeah. And I think that's something that anyone can do, whether you know, you're talking about um, work you're doing in the community or your philanthropy or even just like your own day-to-day life. Yeah, Just take that audit every once in a while. Yeah. So that's really great advice. I love it. And I, I hope our listeners are inspired by what you have to say. Um, as we come to a close, I wonder if you want to give some um, guidance to our listeners as to how they can learn more about City Year Detroit or get involved. Where would they go? Oh, there's so many ways. Um, <laughs> first and foremost, if you are or you know an 18 to 25-year-old, uh-huh. that would be uh, a good core member. Um, send them our way. We are actively recruiting right now for our core members who are starting in late July. Um, And, you know, if you know someone or you are about to graduate college or in that age range, Mm -hmm. um, please please go to our website um, and check it out. Uh, If you are outside of 18 to 25 but still want to be involved, there's, there's a ton of opportunities. I would just say you know, find me on our website and, and reach out, and I will happily have a conversation. And give us your website you so that everybody knows where to go? Yep, cityyear, C-I-T-Y-Y-E-A-R dot org. And awesome. just navigate your way to the Detroit page. Okay, cool. Well, Andrew Stein, Executive Director of City Year Detroit, thank you so much for being on the Make Meaning podcast. It's been such a pleasure speaking with you. I loved it, my first podcast. Thank you for having me. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for listening to the Make Meaning Podcast. I'm Lynn Galadner, and I've really enjoyed being here with you today. You can find the Make Meaning Podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And I'd love it if you'd share our great conversations with all your people so we can add meaning wherever we go and whatever we do. 